So now that we have the opportunity to listen to the Dhamma, may you be intent on doing this and also be practicing as well. Have your meditation objects present and have mindfulness established on knowing the in and out breath or place the mindfulness with these meditation words of Buddha, Dhamma, Sangha. This is okay as well. So we bring our minds to peace while we are listening to the Dhamma and this is important because uh, when the mind is still then it will be able to receive these teachings. And so practitioners, um, the reason that we have problems um, is that because when we've trained our mind um, we can sometimes uh, still not meet with peace, not meet with stillness. And when there's no inner peace, there's no stillness while we're practicing, then the mind won't be happy. And we don't get this joy from samadhi. And when this happens, we can feel uh, despondent, dishearted, and the effort that we have can reduce. We won't want to practice anymore. Because when we sit, all we experience is inner chaos. There's just a lot of thinking, there's a lot of annoyance that are going on. And uh, so as we practice, though, uh, like we have for a number of days now, the heart should start to change and we should start to feel inner clarity. The heart should feel cleaner than it was before, more at ease, more open and spacious. And this shows that we're getting the results from our practice. And uh, we can gain these results because of the faith that we have. And when we have this faith, that um, some people have this in offering food every single morning without letting up, without missing a morning, and also have faith in meditation and chanting. And for us, even though we're all at home, we're uh, far away from each other in many different countries, we're all similar in that we have this faith in building goodness, in helping out society. But a higher level of faith than this and a higher level of merit is that of meditation, of training the mind to be peaceful. And so with the teachings that we receive on meditation, there are many different methods. And some people don't understand these clearly. So like when we recite these words of kesa, loma, naka, danta, tacha, these five kamatana objects of hair of the head, hair of the body, nails, teeth and skin, uh, we can go through this in Pali and that's all right, or we can chant it in English or whatever language we understand. Or we, so we can go through all of them back and forth or we can pick up just one and contemplate. So like a strand of hair on our head, we can easily feel that that's something beautiful. But if that strand falls into a pot of curry, then we'll quickly become averse towards it. And the same with water. If there's a clean glass of water and one strand of hair falls in, then we feel that that water is dirty. So we can contemplate like this and do this every single day. The hair on our head, so that if we don't wash it, then our heads quickly become uncomfortable, bacteria start coming up, illness can arise, mold can start growing. So we see that it is something that 
is not beautiful. And that's why we need to wash our hair uh, constantly. And also if we don't brush our hair, if we don't tidy it up, then it becomes messy. So we contemplate in this way. And the same with uh, the hair uh, through the rest of our bodies or teeth. This is quite easy to contemplate because when the teeth are mixed up with food, and then if we don't brush them, then illnesses can come up in uh, the teeth. So we can get gum diseases, or the, uh, our teeth can become, uh, can get decayed, and we can develop problems with the roots of our teeth as well. And then bacteria arises and they start to smell, so we need to brush them uh, very frequently. So we see that these things are unattractive. And for the teeth, when they start to change, then a lot of pain can come up. And Numpu Cha, he talked about this, that when we're young and these teeth are nice and white, we should be very careful. Because not too long, they're going to give us a lot of grief. So he gave this um, example, uh, because this is something that he himself went through that his teeth were giving him a lot of pain and he went to the, the dentist and asked for the dentist to pull all, all of them out in one go. And the dentist didn't want to do that because it was dangerous. But Lumpu Cha said to him, just do it, go pull them out and I'll take the consequences. So the dentist pulled all of them out in one go. And even after 15 days, um, his gums were still swollen. So we should, he was teaching us um, to be careful and to contemplate, to look through these five meditation objects. Well, there's the skin that covers over our bodies. And there are many different things which pour out through the pores of the skin. And when we put clean clothes onto the body and not long, they become dirty because of all these things which seep out through the pores. So the hair of the head, the hair of the body, the nails, the teeth, the skin, these are unclean things which cover over other unclean things. So we contemplate in this way and the mind should become peaceful using these five kamatana objects. So when we listen to the Dhamma, may all of you establish your mindfulness well. Um, to have your minds, your awareness present there for the Dhamma that you're listening to. And when we do this, then we develop a clearer, deeper understanding of the truth of these teachings. And that comes through this practice of listening, of hearing these teachings. The mind becomes bright. The things which we once were confused about or doubted uh, become clear, and those doubts become relieved. So this practice of listening to the Dhamma, it raises up our minds quickly. And uh, perhaps we'll see clearly, maybe into the nature of conventions. Maybe a monk tells us uh, that these things are just conventions. A glass, for instance, um, it has different colors. So we feel like it really is that color and it really is called a glass, that it's white or it's green or it's yellow, we may feel like it's either little or big. But if we take another glass that's bigger than that first one and put it next to it, 
then suddenly our minds start to compare. And uh, so this new glass is bigger, so we feel like this new glass is big, and the other glass is small. So this is a feeling which comes up in the mind. But if we get another glass um, that's even bigger than the other two, then suddenly that glass is big, and the glass which before was big isn't big anymore. It's just a normal-sized glass. And so we now have a small glass, a medium-sized glass, and a big glass. And this arises, this feeling comes up uh, because the mind is proliferating. And so when our eyes see a form, or our ears hear a sound, then the mind will start giving rise to a narrative, it will start telling its stories. And uh, when it starts doing this, then the show's conventions have already appeared in our mind. We have these conventions that this is me. And when there's a me, then I see, I am proliferating. So this is all conventions arising. And this is how delusion appears. But when we come to study the Dhamma and to contemplate, then we can see into the nature of truth, something that we'd never seen before. Um, And we observe that really this glass is just a convention. It's just the earth element. It doesn't have any size. It doesn't have any color. It's just the mind. The mind is giving rise to all of this. And if the mind is still, then we'll be able to see all of this as merely nature. So therefore we need to understand these things. We need to train ourselves to understand them, to see all things as being nature in this way. If the eye sees a form, the ear hears a sound, uh, the nose contacts an odor, uh, the tongue tastes a flavor, there's a tactile sensation that contacts the body, or our minds think or feel an emotion. Um, We see all of this as just being nature. And if whenever the mind starts to proliferate, then conventions appear right then and there. And uh, so what is happening is avijja, ignorance, is producing this proliferating mind. So therefore we must contemplate, tell ourselves these things are inconstant, they're stressful, they're not self. And these are the objects which give rise to wisdom. It's anicca, dukkha, anatta. And when we have these objects, then with a peaceful mind, then wisdom will arise, vipassana, this clear insight will come up. And so we teach ourselves that all things are inconstant, all things are uh, stressful, they're unsatisfactory, they're not self. And through this, the mind becomes empty. And so before, um, or we experience these things in a way that we had never done before. Um, because normally we just understand in terms of conventions, we believe all the proliferations that come up in the mind. Uh, but when we gain this knowledge for a peaceful mind, with a peaceful mind, then we'll see clearly. The mind becomes very bright, radiant, and it gains a knowing that it hadn't experienced before. And we see that ever since we were born, 
we have understood that this thing really is a glass, that these thoughts are real, that it does actually have a color, it does actually have a size, it's really this way. But when we know clearly, um, then our understanding changes and liberation appears within the mind. The mind becomes bright and shows that jnana, knowledge has appeared already, the wisdom comes up. And we gain liberation from all of the attachments that we once had. And this comes up very clearly in the mind. It's able to arise because we've started off with this practice, that we've had this interest in meditation, in paying our respects to the Buddha Dhamma Sangha and keeping sila. Uh, we keep the five precepts um, as a normal standard and when we're practicing the Dhamma, then we can take up the eight precepts. So we try to train our minds um, to see uh, the danger in the things which we attach to, in the mind which clings. Attaching to all things as being conventions. And uh, when we do this, this becomes the cause for suffering to come up. And the suffering appears right here and now, it appears in this very life. So we need to practice, practice to cultivate samadhi. In the beginning we may uh, feel some degree of peace. And uh, this can relieve to a degree the mind which was previously scattered and chaotic. But when we experience a sense impression, uh, when there's any sense contact, then we just become confused again. And uh, this is even more so now than it was in previous times uh, because of all the sense contact which is available, all the news which we can come to know about in this world. And then when we get to know about it, uh, if our minds don't have energy, if they don't have peace, um, they can make the mind even more confused. And so it's this getting dragged off and finding amusement in the things of this world which pulls beings away from the practice. So we may um, hear about news Uh, Say, in in some places, there may be people who are harming each other, people who are killing each other. And perhaps we have kindness and compassion towards those beings. Uh, But our minds are also proliferating as well, that we give rise to aversion. We don't like what's happening. And then the heart suffers, it becomes uh, gloomy. We should understand that the world is this way. Before the Buddha attained to awakening, it was this way. When the Buddha was awakened, it was this way, and after his passing away, it still is this way, that people in this world do harm each other, because many people don't have virtue, they don't keep precepts. And so the Buddha taught, but he wasn't able to save all beings. He could just save those who had faith and had Uh, sincerity and just that. So when we know about these bits of news and we can't do anything, we have kindness and compassion but we're not able to help, then we should bring up equanimity, upekka. So we train in this quality of upekka, bringing this up little by little, 
And uh, one way of doing this is developing samadhi. Because when the mind is peaceful, this is upeka, jitta, this is the mind which is in an equanimous state. And our mind gains energy from this. So when we experience any sense impression, we experience anything from this world, we should see that it's anicca, it's inconstant, it's stressful, it's not self. And here the mind becomes at ease. And uh, we see that the mind is just the mind that these impressions, they're just impressions, we're able to separate them out. And if our minds don't have mindfulness, if our samadhi isn't well established, then wisdom isn't able to arise. And then, when this is the case, the mind becomes uh, caught up with and mixed together with these sense impressions. I'll give you an example Uh, which is, say if we have a glass of water, and that water is clear. But if we put red dye into the water, then we'll see the water is red. If we put yellow dye in, the water is yellow. We put green dye in, then the water turns green. If we put black color in, then the water turns black. So when we put these things in, we'll see that they're one and the same thing the color and the water have mixed together. And we understand that the water has changed. It's changed in line with the dye that has been put in. And so it's the same that when a sense impression arises in the mind, um, this dyes the mind. It stains it. And the heart runs after all of these sense impressions. And so when there is a sense impression when we experience something which provokes provokes anger, then the mind will become angry. If we experience something that provokes delusion, the mind becomes deluded. If we experience something which provokes love or hate or fear, then the mind starts loving, it starts hating, it starts fearing. And um, when the mind is in this way, then it lacks energy. But if we can train ourselves to have mindfulness, to have samadhi, uh, we'll see that when the mind experiences one of these sense impressions uh, already, and we're not able to, or we see that sometimes we're not able to do anything about it. So we bring up mindfulness there, knowing what has come up, knowing what's there, knowing what the mind is feeling. Is there liking? Is there disliking? Is there anger? Is there love? Is there fear? Whatever comes up, we know it for what it is. We have mindfulness over the mind itself. And uh, we can then see these sense impressions as they arise and cease, arise and cease. And as we do this, then uh, the mind... Oh, sorry, if, if we don't see this in time, then the mind will go and attach to them. And this brings up suffering. And that's just normal. But when we're able to separate the color out from the water, then the water turns back to being clean and clear water. But perhaps we've never seen this before. Perhaps we've never seen the mind which is clean and clear because there's always these sense impressions uh, coming up in the mind. And these sense impressions are constantly dying a heart. So the space between thoughts, between these sense impressions, is very, very small. 
And, uh, but in order to see, or the seeing of the mind, which is bright, which is clear, uh, this can be difficult to do. Uh, because throughout the day, uh, the mind is not still, it's not empty due to all these sense impressions which enter in. So when we sit in meditation, we come to know the breath as it arises and ceases. We recite these words of Buddha, Dhammo Sangha, uh, hair of the head, hair of the body, nails, teeth and skin. Or we can recite Nibbanang, Nibbanang, or empty, empty. And then the mind becomes peaceful uh, through doing this. And we don't just practice when we're sitting. We need to do it whenever we have the time, whenever we're working. And we don't need to use our thoughts, then we can practice, we can meditate. And uh, it's not the case that we just let our mindfulness go. But we need to tie our minds to something, to have a meditation object there uh, to be contemplating. Because otherwise the mind will be proliferating without stop. We may tell it to halt, but it just won't halt because it's in the habit to keep on moving, to keep on thinking. So we need something there for our minds to be with. And uh, so and we need a meditation object to tie our minds to, for them to contemplate, to think over. So when uh, we do this, when we bring up these meditation objects, these mantras, or an object of contemplation, then the mind should settle down. So we can even use mantras uh, for objects of contemplation, like the body. Uh, And so we can recite uh, that patikulang, patikulang, these things are unclean, they're unclean. Hair of the head, hair of the body, nails, teeth and skin, we can recite that, buddho, dhammo, sangho. And uh, so if we do that, um, and the mind is still not still, it's still not peaceful, um, then we need to bring up something else. We need to go through these things very, very fast. Because these days, thoughts occur very quickly in the mind. Uh, with all the technology that we use, the computers, the smartphones, we need to think very quickly. So we need to bring up these mantras with the same speed. If there's not much peace, then we can chant through to be so, this uh, recollection of the Buddha, and go without stopping and carry on chanting, have this recollection. We go through this 108 times and then do it maybe two rounds or three rounds. And if we're able to do that, we can bring it up to five rounds, 10 rounds, 11 rounds, do it to the extent that we're able to, to uh, what we have the energy for. And as we carry on like this, then the mind becomes very bright uh, due to the presence of these meditation words. So as we practice uh, throughout the day, we shouldn't, or in living our daily lives, we shouldn't just um, allow our time to pass by devoid of any benefit. And what, and how is using our time, or wasting our time, in a way that doesn't give any benefit to us? Well, this is us just spending our time watching the news a lot, watching a lot of movies. These are things which waste our time because they don't give us any peace. They don't allow light to enter into our heart. But if we're really sincere in this practice, we really uh, have this desire to gain inner peace, then we need to sacrifice. We need to give up 
the amusement, the fun that we find in all of these sense impressions of the world. And also to know a sense of enoughness in it as well, a sense of balance, that we look at the news in a way that's balanced, but not too much. Um, Because if our mindfulness is weak, then all the things which we experience will um, come right into the heart. So we can make a resolution that we're not going to watch news, or we're not going to watch a lot of it. And so this will give us the time to meditate. When we have that time, we can chant be so 108 times and do 10 rounds of this. When we need to go out to work, then we meditate along with that work as well, that worldly work that we're doing. But for many people, you are retired already, so you have a lot of time. You're able to practice throughout the entire day to get to know yourself and to get to know what the mind is like, what the thinking uh, that's going on is like, to be chanting a lot, to be reciting mantras a lot. And uh, this makes the mind bright, uh, because it's with these objects that are wholesome, that are meritorious. It's with these meditation objects. And these are all methods which bring the mind to peace. So every single uh, method of practice is for the sake of bringing the mind to peace. All 40 kamatana meditation objects that the Buddha taught, these are for the sake of inner peace and just that. And then when the mind is in a peaceful state already, then we contemplate and see that these things are not constant. And here wisdom arises. So we see into the nature of conventions, and through doing this, the mind becomes liberated. Brightness appears within the heart We see all things as being conventions, and uh, we experience inner freedom as a result. And uh, this is something really amazing, something very meritorious. And all of us are able to practice in this way. If we have this real sincerity, we're really focused, then we're able to see the Buddha appear within our own hearts. And when we do this, then our faith becomes firm, becomes unshakable. In the beginning, however, it's normal uh, to not have quite this level of faith. But we, and we see the benefits of the practice, but we don't see them so clearly. And it's the amusement that we find in this world that pulls all the beings of the world, um, pulls them back into the world again, back into birth, back into death again. So we make this firm intention that in this life we're going to give the practice all we have. We'll give it all our energy. When we have the time, then we do our best. But we also don't practice in a way that makes us stress. We need to keep our mindfulness balanced in the practice. And as we do this, carry on practicing, then inner peace should arise. And we gain knowledge, wisdom arises. Just like seeing those three glasses as being conventions, that there's no color, there's no size to them. When this clarity of insight comes up, then there's also a radiance of mind. There's an inner joy which appears for three days and three nights at times. There's great clarity and great radiance. And we may see all things, a house, a building, a monastery, just arise and cease, arise and cease. We see the nature of the Dharma appear in our minds in this way. And so we set our goal, 
Just like all people who are traveling in this world, they all have a destination. Every single one of them has a destination. Whether they're walking, whether they're traveling on a bicycle, a train, a car, an airplane, all of them have a goal. And, uh, but if we look in terms of Dhamma, then we'll see it in another way. We'll see that the destination of every single being is towards deterioration, that they are going towards death. And when we see this clearly, it can resound deeply in the mind. We see that all life is moving towards death. It's getting closer and closer with each and every moment. You see the drawbacks of sankharas, of conditioned phenomena, that these things really are inconstant, they're really not sure. And we see the benefits of the practice, of contemplating the Dhamma. And uh, so may all of you be intent in practicing in this way.